welcome to the podcast of, of course, they make me crazy. We grew up with a bipolar mother addicted to pills who experienced a lot of hardships. We started this podcast to talk about our experiences with you. You know, you can really start to feel lost and trapped in their world. And we're hoping our crazy, sometimes funny stories, living with someone like that, helps you to feel normal, whole, and happy again. Hi, everyone. I'm April. Thank you so much for joining us on Of Course They Make Me Crazy. Amanda's not here this week, but she'll be back soon. Uh, This week, however, I'm talking to a friend of mine, Tracy. I was her real estate agent. That's what I do for a living. And we began to get to know each other as we were looking at houses. Tracy has a couple of fascinating stories I think could really help you maybe put some things into perspective in in your life. One being that she grew up with a bipolar grandmother who really wasn't all that loving, pretty much just kind of mean. (laughs) And uh, that really affected Tracy's self-esteem growing up and others around Tracy. And she also has another crazy story. Uh, Tracy and her family recently went through a devastating time. And as we were all learning that COVID was an epidemic, that is exactly when they were dealing with a double whammy. Her brother-in-law got so high on meth that he shot and killed his girlfriend while his 16-year-old kid was home. He told police he killed her because he was trying to, she was rather trying to stop him from aligning the planets. So that's just a little introduction. And hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, April. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So I first want to start off by saying what a kind and amazing woman you are. You know, you've been married to the same man since you, well, how old were you guys? You were teenagers, right? Yes, I was 19 and he was 17. Wow. And you know, I, I just watching, you know, your family, we all looked at houses together. You're all so close. Your grandchildren adore you. You all spend a lot of time together, which is so refreshing to see because, you know, not a lot of families do. Um, a lot of families do, but not a lot of families do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let's start off with you telling me a little bit about your grandma. Um, well, First off, I just, I never realized anything was wrong with my grandmother. I just thought she wasn't a nice person. Um, You know, my mom was single and she had to uh, raise my sister and I, who are 11 months apart, uh, by herself. And then, um, you know, during that period of time, we had to live with my grandparents for a period because, you know, my mom struggled having two babies. And about sometime in my grandmother's 40s, she had a nervous breakdown. So then she started to display these OCD behaviors. Um, My mom and I were talking this morning, and she said that my grandmother was convinced that there were caverns in the basement, which there weren't. Uh, She'd spend hours locked in the bathroom, and she wouldn't come out. And it affected my grandfather because he couldn't even get in the bathroom to get ready for work. so what and then the, what is a cavern? What is what is what is that? A ca- like a cave, like oh, caves. Okay, her basement. Yeah, um, and then she would just straighten things over and over again. And this I remember even you know later on in life when she'd be at my house, um, she'd just re-straighten everything on the counters over and over again, even though they didn't need to be. Um, you know, she'd wash so much her hands so much that they'd bleed, um, and then even. Um, a little bit later on, when my mom got her own apartment, 
um, my grandmother would babysit us and she'd get a, you know, a, a switch or, or a really thin tree branch off the tree outside. And as we'd walk by her, um, she'd just hit us with it, you know, for no reason. Um, and so, you know, we had to deal with that. And then, and then she affected my uncle because um, she really convinced my uncle that girls were bad. So, you know, my uncle, to our knowledge, my uncle never had a girlfriend. And it wasn't until he was probably close to 50 uh, that he let us know that he was engaged and he was going to get married. Um, and at first, he wasn't even going to have a wedding because he felt he had to invite my grandmother. Um, and he just couldn't do that. So, you know, I think he realized that he didn't have to invite her and he could have his wedding. So uh, he finally did. Um, you know, but so he didn't get married until he was in his fifties. And so uh, he didn't even, he didn't wait for her to pass to get married. He, no, had, and you know, oh, no. Wow. no, he did. And he didn't want, um, he, he didn't want her to ever know his phone number, his address. Um, you know, he, he actually finally decided, I think his fiance had convinced him, you know, well, you know, I want to get married, let's get married. So, um, you know, they finally did. So she had that much influence on him to really honestly make him think that girls were not good until he got older. Yes, he was, she was very, um, you know, sex was bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think she, I, I'm pretty sure she got, she ended up pregnant with my mother, um, before wedlock. And, um, so I think she really hated that about herself. And so she just thought like the opposite sex for, for either person, you know, was, you know, just so bad. You shouldn't have any interest and just really it, it kind of affected all of us. Wow. And so did she instill the same uh, scare into your mom or what, did your mom just not buy it? Um, I think she did, but my mom, my mom kind of got into drugs some and left home young, got mm -hmm. pregnant with my sister. Um, I'm not sure if she was married yet to that at that point, but then um, my sister and I do have the same father, but he left while she was pregnant with me. Um, and so my mom was left with two babies and I never knew my father. I didn't meet him until I was a teenager. Um, but yeah, so I really think it did. And, and since since then, my mom has never um, fat, dated or remarried. So that's in the 46 years of my life. Wow. Never even dated? Um, she might have dated just a, a tiny bit, but I think when I was a teenager. But other than that, no, not nothing significant. Oh, my goodness. It's kind of interesting because you and I somewhat have similar stories where, uh, you know, my mom ran with uh, my biological father, who was kind of a bad dude, you know, and she had me and my brother with him at 15 and a half. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's when the family, when everything was going down with them, when they learned my grandfather was, you know, gay and that he was leaving the family for his lover that he met at the nudist speech and you know grandma kind of had a meltdown too <laughs> i mean you can only imagine right yeah, i mean yeah. lord have mercy my grandmother when she never did she never remarried and uh i just think that's 
you know, just lonely and sad. Not, she certainly tried to find a boyfriend all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> grandma was kind of a little dirty birdie sometimes too. <laughs> but uh, wow. Okay. So when your, when your grandma was thinking that there's caverns and caves down in the basement, was she barricading anything or was she down there digging or did she just um that that not not that i remember i just re my mom was just telling me this this uh this morning that you know that that's what she was convinced and they had to keep telling her no there's nothing in the basement i didn't even remember that until my mom was telling me this morning and then she even said, if I got in touch with my uncle, he'd really have stories to tell. So <laughs> I can't imagine what all she had done, done with him. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, yeah. So did your mom, I mean, I know she probably had no other choice but to leave you kids with her mom being a single, you know, mom herself. Mm -hmm. uh, did she ever stress about doing that? Um. Well, my mom, I think she did because we, we were very poor and my mom refused to work full time because she wanted to be at home with my sister and I as much as possible. So she worked enough so that, you know, we could pay bills. We got um, housing assistance. So we got help with our rent. We had food stamps, uh, medical assistance. So we got all of that. So because she, she didn't want to be working all the time, even though financially, um, we would have been better off. She knew emotionally we wouldn't be. Absolutely. And then when your grandma had the switch, um, did she ever say why she was doing it? Or did she just kind of come out of nowhere and smack no. you with it? <laughs> she, would, she, would just, she would just sit in the chair uh -huh. uh, and, and watch us. She had this just this look that it was almost like a zombie type look, you know, and it like she was just out of it and she would sit there and then we'd walk by and she would just snap us with it, you know, and we dreaded uh, when she had to watch us um, because it was just a nightmare. You know, if the only thing that would make her happy was if we just sat and didn't say a word, you know. Right. And do you think that would even have made her happy? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrible. And so your your grandmother didn't find, so then come to find out years later that she is bipolar, but there was the longest time where no one really knew what was wrong with her, right? No, no, we had no idea. You know, we just, you know, we were just convinced that, she didn't love us, you know, that she just was mean. Um, she, you know, criticized us constantly. Everything we did was wrong. My mom was a bad parent. I was a bad parent. You know, it was just stressful whenever we had to deal with her, but we just thought, well, this is life. This is family. So we just did the best we could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she even got to be so mean to you. You were saying that she was going to call like what child services on you? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, because she always thought everything I did with my kids was wrong, but my son was always a picky eater, and, um, you know, he was maybe two, between one and two, and um, he liked his milk, uh -huh. and he, but he didn't eat a lot, and so I would let him drink milk, and actually his son is the exact same way, and so, um, and she thought I was abusing him because I was giving him too much milk. 
And I believe that she did call somebody on me and, you know, um, tell them that, you know, I was abusive. (laughs) Oh my God. Did they ever come out? No, no. Uh, yes, because I even lived, I even lived with my in-laws for a while while we were saving up for a house and, um, we were in a very tiny apartment in their basement and my daughter had to sleep on, um, I don't know if it was the couch or sometimes she would sleep upstairs, you know, up at my in-laws and my grandmother just thought that was the worst thing that I was just the worst parent because I, she thought I was making my children sleep on the floor. Did you ever say, Grandma, I didn't at least, I don't take a switch to my kids' rear ends. Did you ever, like, mouth back off to her? Um, <laughs> only, uh, only once in a while, um, because I was a lot like my grandfather. I would never, um, I didn't really respond to her. I just tried to be positive and just tried to deal with her the best that I could, and that's how my grandfather was. He would just keep quiet, and he would just, you know, just go with the flow and do what needed to be done. Um, my sister and my uncle and my mother, those, they were the ones that they would just lash back at her. And I just, it, I never saw any good come out of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I never saw any change. It never made a difference of, with her actions. So I just didn't waste my time. Yeah, that's probably smart. Um, and, and so your grandfather do you think he truly loved your grandmother or do you think he just thought, well, this is who I married and that's who yeah. I'm going to stay with? Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I thought about that question, um, I really truly do not know if my grandfather loved my grandmother. And it's sad to think about it now as an adult, because I would hope that he did, but I feel like, he just realized that was his responsibility mm-hmm. and he just, he, he stayed around and he was always there to support the family. And, um, he took great care of my sister and I, he was a big part of our life. So I think he, you know, one reason could have been that he stayed for us. And, you know, because you were saying that he, she would like chase him around the kitchen, right. And just kind of just yeah. met him for no yeah. reason. Yeah, she she would follow him around and she would just belittle him she and berate him, um, call him an idiot, just everything he did. He'd go outside to do yard work and she'd follow him out there. And that was just, that was what she did, constant. And that really affected your self-esteem. And I would, I would assume it had affected his too. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my grandfather never said anything. Thing. He never complained, never, never. So, so we didn't really know what was on his mind because he actually, he, even when he got sick and eventually passed away, we never even knew he was sick because he never complained. So this was a person that, you know, we just didn't know um, how he was feeling, how it affected him. I mean, the rest of us, we, we just hated ourselves, you know, so I can only imagine how he felt. Yeah. And why do you say that? Why do you say that y'all hated yourselves? Um, Just being around somebody who's supposed to be, you know, this part of your family that criticizes you constantly. You know, I was either too fat or too thin. I wasn't as smart as everybody else. Um, She was diagnosed bipolar. What was like the breaking point that caused her to get diagnosed? um, She was still living on her own. and. 
she just got to the point where she'd just lay on the couch all day, sleep, she wouldn't eat. We'd go and visit her and um, just to get her off the couch was like a chore. And so I think, I think that's when my mom finally took her to the doctor. And in discussing, you know, all her behavior um, and them looking into it, they realized, you know, she was bipolar. Uh, and then she was institutionalized for a little while so that they could try to get her on medication and get her so because she was letting herself die, basically, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so that just wasn't normal. Um, and that and was when your grandfather passed away. Is that right? It was after. Yes. Okay. Uh, because my grandfather died the day I got married. So that was in uh, 94. So it, this wasn't ha this didn't happen until um, you know she died in 2016. So it was only a couple years before that that she was diagnosed with bipolar. And then you said uh, something like, "When when your grandfather passed away, so did the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the car, the car got away, and he did. Yes. And yes. we're thankful for that. And why? What? Tell us about that." Uh, Yes, that was such a blessing, uh, not necessarily to her, but to us, because when my mom never drove uh, with us when we were growing up, um, she didn't get her license until I got married. So my grandmother and my grandfather would take us everywhere. Um, but my grandmother, when she would drive us around, she had the worst road rage. If somebody cut her off or if somebody was going too slow, she'd just ram right into them. Um, so it was just horrible. Like she would ram into them and just drive away, you know? So, uh, yeah. So I, we dreaded having to go anywhere with her if she was driving. Um, but that was our only option, you right. know? Um, so we were really stuck at that point. Oh my God. Did it come down to the point of like when you guys were young that you were embarrassed to see friends? Because <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, because when I was thinking about this, I remember, because everybody was bad, like people she didn't know were bad. So um, some days after school, my sister and I would have to walk to my grandparents' house um, because my mom would be working. And sometimes we walked with our school friends because we were all going to like the same neighborhood. And she would come out and she would scream at them and tell them like to get away from us. And, oh, you know, oh, it was, it was very embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, Lord. My God. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I get that. I, I get that. Do you think if you, early on, if you knew she was bipolar, do you think you would have thought of yourself and what she was telling you differently? Um, probably somewhat. Um, you know, maybe I, maybe I would have realized earlier on that I wasn't as worthless or we weren't as worthless as she kept trying to convince us that we were. Maybe if she would have gotten on medication sooner, um, you know, she would have been kinder to us. But but back then, you know, the 70s, the 80s, yeah. it was just, there's always been so much stigma around uh, mental illness mm -hmm. and um, medication and, and things like that. So I just don't know how we would have reacted um, and if it would have made much of a difference other than maybe we wouldn't have taken her as seriously. Right, absolutely. No, and you and I were talking about that too. It's like, I think back then, and I'm still sure today people feel this way, Trace, you know, but it's like, can't you just get better? 
Can't yes. you just not have to take that stuff? And, yeah. you know, I think I felt that way. I mean, I think I carried a lot of anger towards my mom uh, because I felt that she should have always been the vibrant young mom that I grew up with, you know? And so when she got addicted to pain pills and everything else, I started to, I always loved her, but I started at times not to like her. It's like when the matriarchs of the family are dealing with that, it's a trickle down effect to so many. And yeah, I, there, is, there was such a stigma that, especially I think, you know, growing up in, in Pennsylvania, Cleveland, Ohio area, uh, you know, around that, that we're kind of hard headed people when it comes mm -hmm. to not understanding or really not being, uh, how do I say it? We have this, this way about us, you know, yeah. sucked up buttercup mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Because people's mentality, I really feel back in Pennsylvania, um, is snap out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you put your mind to it, you know, if you just try, you can snap out of it. And when it comes to mental illness, that's not how it works. Absolutely. And let's talk about how tricky she could be. So she, okay, so she, you guys put her in a facility and mm -hmm. that was to try to get her, you know, on a, a good path. And she, here's the thing with them, right? Like we think that they're not very attentive to certain things by our bipolar loved ones <laughs> mm -hmm. because right because they're all over the place you know sometimes you know and like my mom was bebopping around the house i mean she was when she was on her her high uh you know she was upstairs downstairs cleaning out one drawer going upstairs and then cleaning out the drawer in the bathroom it was not a consistent i'm going to clean out the kitchen she was cleaning yeah. out the house right mm -hmm. yes and, and so um but when it comes to certain things, they're very attentive. It was so funny because, and it was like she could, her hearing was like superhuman. So we'd be trying to like, you'd think she wasn't even paying attention and we'd be like whispering in the corner and she would know exactly what we were saying, you know? <laughs> so, so she was on, you know, had a schedule for her medication and she was uh, finally, you know, able to go home we ended up putting her in um uh you know housing for the elderly so she still was on her own but had at least you know people around yeah. um and so we had her medic medication written down the schedule because we ended up having to start having some in-home care come in and um she knew what each of her medication was for and had written it next to her schedule and where the medication was for bipolar um, she had written bipolar and she had written do not take, you know, so she was very aware um, of what was going on. And um, she would give us a horrible time when it, you know, when we try to give her medication. Is that where she uh, thought that somebody stole her false teeth? Yes, <laughs> yes. She was, in her, she was in, you know, her own apartment and, and she was still at the point where, um, we didn't have to have somebody there all the time. So she was on her own and oh, she, we had found out, I think my mom had stopped by to see her. And it's funny when I was thinking about this, I actually have a picture on my phone of the day my mom came over and was telling me this story that she called the police because somebody stole her false teeth <laughs> and, and they were just under her couch. I think my mom got there 
and my and she was carrying on and she had called the police and um so my mom searched and they just had kind of gotten kicked under the couch or something well did they show up <laughs> i don't know i do not think so <laughs> Oh my gosh. And, you know, I think you, we, you were talking too that they can put on such a facade, right? In, in mm -hmm. regards to uh, Amanda and I had this doctor on, or we're going to, he was talking about uh, how when you grow up with somebody like this, it gets really confusing for us loved ones and really frustrating because they're so nice to the outside world. Mm -hmm. Once they go out to the outside world, because I don't know about your grandma, but my mom was very, uh, she started to get to a point where she shut off and didn't want to create any. Yes. And mm -hmm. yeah. And just really, you know, was always cried that she was so lonely, but never mm -hmm. wanted anybody around. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's such a facade when they're, they go out in public and then your, your friends and the other, you know, associates are like, I don't know what you're talking about. She seems as lovely as she can be. Oh, yes, yes. And that's how it was because I even remember we had such a, like, a big turnout for her. Like, um, you know, uh, we had dinner after we had her, uh, like, we had a memorial talk for her. And then, um, you know, remembering everything about her. And then we had dinner for everybody. And we had a, a, quite a big turnout. And just to hear people that, that just thought she was the sweetest thing and oh she was just so loving and and it was it took my mom a while to like get over that because she had treated us so horribly you know there was only a few people that really knew how she treated us that had been close to us over the years so it was hard because you don't want to go and be like oh no she you know she had just passed away and then be telling everybody she was just the worst person <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know so you're like oh yeah she was just so sweet and loving yes that's what she was you know <laughs> let's switch gears here okay and mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to talk about your brother-in-law because that made major news in Pennsylvania Yes. Mm -hmm. And this was right when the epidemic, you know, we're talking to each yes. other now during the COVID epidemic, but we're slightly now, everybody's opening up. He went overboard. Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, it was March 16th and um, Sean was still out here in Colorado and I was in Pennsylvania um, with my daughter and my grandsons. And my daughter is pounding on my door. Um, so we were told that there's an incident and that we should get out of the house um, because something's happened with my brother-in-law. I get in touch with my mom, who she only lives about five minutes away from me. Um, and she came over and she, um, I was going to go over to her apartment. And be, while we're getting ready, the state police show up. They tell me I need to get out of the house that, you know, if I have somewhere to go, it's probably best because uh, my brother-in-law uh, was, you know, um, on the loose. They were trying to find him. I asked them, you know, what happened? Well, of course they couldn't tell me. And I said, did he do something to his girlfriend? And they looked at me, they just gave me this look that I knew, and I knew mm -hmm. uh, that he most likely killed her. And he was high on meth. Um, he was convinced that he was 
trying to align the planets because I guess there was some sort of aligning the planets that was that did actually take place but he thought he was the one that was doing it so it was just his his son was in the house and um I don't know it's it was just such a crazy experience for us to all to have to go through um dealing with a family member on drugs and my husband repeatedly calling the police to get them to do something about it and nobody took us seriously yes because he had threatened our life he had come to our property in pennsylvania done damage to our property um so my husband actually had to take him to court for that but he um never showed up how do you all stay as like you know and is stable as you do what what is your driving force is it your is it your your faith is it what what is it yeah i believe for, for me you know i've i've discussed with you that i'm one of jehovah's witnesses mm -hmm. and um so for me i think that's why despite despite the problems in my marriage we've stuck it out we've been married 26 years um despite just all these issues that we've had to deal with um we just you know pray a lot and try to just do the best that we can because that's all you know god expects of us just to give our best yeah. and so i really think that's just what keeps us going because otherwise i don't even know know where we'd be today well thank you so much for uh, joining me and sharing your story i really appreciate it and thank you so much for having me